Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary, scary edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LaBooth, and I got some scary, scary stuff for you. Sorry if you hear me breathing heavy. I don't mean to. Hope everybody had a great, great spooky Christmas. <laughs> well, how do you have a spooky Christmas? I don't know. Anyways, hope everybody got what they wanted from old St. Nick. And uh hope them 13 little uh, guys didn't come visit you over the Christmas holiday. Well, like I said, hope everyone had a great Christmas. I sure did. Ready to get back in here recording. This is our last show of the year, man. Ah, fixing to be Ron. We're right in the middle of fixing to be in in the middle of doing or fix it. We're on our third year of doing that. So, yeah, it's crazy, crazy like a box. But anyways, I just want to say thank you everybody for listening. Keep telling your friends about it, man. And like I say, sorry if uh, it's kind of hard to listen to sometimes because uh, my reading. But hang in there with me. I think I'm getting better. But hey, guys. You like the show, and I thank you for liking it, ma'am. So, without further ado, I'll tell you what we're doing today. Since this is the last show of the year, and New Year's Eve, New Year's is New Year's is coming up this weekend. I'm gonna go over some uh, New Year's uh, urban legends and stuff. I'm gonna start out with Chinese New Year's legends. So, without further ado, lay back. Relax, grab you a blanket to snuggle up with by the fire. Get you some nice cocoa or some coffee. In the meantime, try not to be too scared. These are just legends. Or they might be real. <laughs> All right, guys, let's dig into it then. All right, our first story is the Ch Chinese New Year's Legends. And our first one is, here we go. You ready? In China, New Year's Eve is a holiday closely associated with ghosts. Thoughts it, thought it's forbidden to speak of them. And in the West, while holiday spirits is often seen as a tradition, the paranormal is not normally one of those things that we, that we think, excuse me, that we think about. When the bells chime ringing in the new year. But looking around at local legends and customs of the great of a great deal of the West, it would be a it would appear more than a few haunted hotspots see activity exclusively around the new year. It's often seen that ghosts are in a Connection between the living and the dead. Residing somewhere between the two as incorporeal beings of constant uh, change. Our memory mixed with, with phenomenal forces that blinds them to our, uh, to our vision. Ghosts, ghosts are most often seen in places, in places from one year to the next. Uh, 
And in this period as well, as in these places, some contend that we are given temporary license to exist in a state of <coughs> precipitation outside of the uh, mundane. The effects would be overwhelming, paranormal, or perfectly mundane, just as the passing of midnight. Each night also allows transitions from one day to the next or the hour just before twilight serves as a bridge between night and day so it is not so it should it should be no surprise that the number of legends surrounding the new year would be present in in paranormal folklore of legends it should be one of where did it go? Okay. It should be of no surprise that we see the push into a new frontier of time as something just as noteworthy of those that used to be us. After all, the calendar year is human con- is a human year is a human construct. There are indicators seen in a na- seen in nature chronically where one year ends and the next year begins but gone are the days when the calendar addresses to a specific time of solace of solace 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 the gregorian calendar is a human construct is human constructed that must adhere to the law we give it but since ghosts are people who passed into the different realm of extinction, the limitations do not necessarily have to follow strict law sets down by nature. Human preparation can play a big role in the ghostly calendar, just as much as it does in the real life. And, and we do not have to look for the object beginning and ending point of the year anymore. Mal, then, when we deal with mundane things, in fact, the paranormal seems to respond quite effectively to human con- constructs from potential elect from potential elections to the schedule of plays and performances. In the end, all that matters is the human precipitation of the of this ev- precip. Uh, participate of this of these events among the legends of paranormal new year's eve ghost is barely taken on the uh, crybaby bridge legend and in this version version however the ghost only appears on new year's day after the clock strikes 12 the actual bridge varies in location from southern illinois to the middle east but the legend is always the same if you park your car on the bridge, it will be pushed across by some unknown force through the transitional place, just as we are complained for, uh, forward by an unknown hands through time into the next year. Okay, that kind of uh, was just kind of explaining some of the, if you understood all that, some of the 
stuff, some of the uh, Chinese uh, lure and stuff. But here are some other uh, stuff in detail. We're going to start with number one and go all the way down. The first one is called the Heroic, the Horrific, the 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 horrific monster called Neon. Now, if I'm doing some of these names wrong, they're Chinese, so bear with me. The horrific monster called Neon. Long ago, a horrific monster named Nian terrorized the people of ancient China. On the eve of every new year, Nana Nian would dis would descend upon villages and revenge all corpse and livestock. Worse, any children out in the countryside during Nina's arrival would forever disappear. To per to protect themselves from this menace. Villagers boarded themselves up in their homes or fled to the mountains. Misery, therefore, allows accompanied the arrival of the new year. One year, however, a sage strolled into a village just before Nan's appearance. Not only did, the, did he decline to ride, he even... Uh, succeeded in driving away in the ramp driving away the rampaged beast okay where was I okay subsequently the sage always revealed itself to be a, a god following which he taught the villagers how to use the color red crackling burning bamboos and lit candles to scare away Nan. From that year onward, the Chinese began wearing red, putting up red decorations, and burning firecrackers before and after the New Year's. As for Nan, it's never again appeared. The great threat was forever was forever gone. Hmm, that's kind of cool. The name Neon, this is what it means. These, the Chinese character for mythological Neon is the same, or Neon is the same that for year. The Chinese phrase for celebrating the new year is Gulnan, or Gulnan, which means passing over the new year or serving, or serving the new year. Both meanings are aligned with the legend of nine and what and whether or not it's mythological monster truly exists in the past the traditions of of displaying red and burning firecrackers during the chinese new years continues to this day in countries where fireworks are banned loud music and boisterous performances are used to used and used instead of uh, doing fireworks Okay, here is another one. Chu Xi is the Chinese New Year's or Chinese New Year's Eve. The Chinese name for the Eve of New Year's is Chu Xi. Chu means ride 
Pao. Exai is an alternate name for the Neon Beast. It's obviously the, the name was inspired by the same story. So this is kind of like last uh, last uh, stories I did about Christmas, how some of them were all kind of different names, but kind of the same origin. So that kind of sounds maybe that's how this is going to go. Don't know for sure yet. Many, okay, many Chinese New Year's decorations promptly features one Chinese zodiac animal. The rat in the Chinese zodiac. The Chinese calendar is divided into two cycles of 12 of 12 years each, with each year represented by one Chinese zodiac animal. How this is chronological arrangement came to be to be is explained by several Chinese New Year's legends and stories. Notably, all stories involved animals invented to a tournament organized by the Chad Empire, the ruler of heaven. However, the crafty rat emerged as the winner, as also did the curse of each tale. In one version, the Jade Empire declared that the first 12 animals to reach him in a race would be crowned representative of the years. Representatives of the years, the ox. The ox was subsequently in the lead, easily able to cross the final obstacle, a river, <coughs> by waddling across. However, at the last moment, in the keen heart on. However, at the last moment, the kind-hearted ox foolishly permitted the struggled rat to stand on his head. On seeing the Jade Empire, the cunning rat leaped off and dashed off, dashed to the uh, goods to the god's feet, <sighs> thus winning the match. This result in the this result in the rat becoming the first animal in the Chinese zodiac cycle, followed by the ox. Each cycle Correspondent bondingly as always begins with the year of the rat. In one version, it was not a race but a combat tournament. During this mighty ox, de- during during this, the mighty ox defeated all other animals, but lost to the tiny rat, extremely angry, uh, angrily rat. And yet another version, the rat deliberately not informed or misinformed the cat about the date of the race. The result in the cat missing the opportunity along with no thanks to this common household animal like the cat is not featured in the uh, Chinese Zodiac calendar. <coughs> it also supposedly birthed the in, admit, admittedly between cats and rats in an internal hatred that remains irreversible. So that kind of explains why the rats and the cats don't like each other. Because the cat got lied to. And he's pissed.
Sorry, I had to get a drink. All right. The Zodiac Animals in Cryological Order. And sorry if you can hear my breathing more than you normally do. I'm getting some new mic covers because the ones I got are okay, but I'm kind of getting tired of fighting with them. But anyways, which myth it was deferred from? The Chinese zodiac was eventually determined in the order. Rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, ram, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. The Chinese New Year decorations always feature the incoming zodiac animal, never the current animal. Lastly, it is common for the Chinese to refer the incoming year as the uh, as the rat year, the rooster year, and so on. So, anytime an animal, they use that animal, and it's blank, you know, that year. To give an example, to start off 2021 was still the year of the rat. Beyond February, it became the year of the ox. This is a, there's 15 days of celebration. Chinese New Year consists of not one, but 15 days in total. Despite that, only the first few days are public holidays in the Chinese majority countries. However, most Chinese will continue to be festive right up to the 15th day. Decorations are also seldom removed from the 15th day. Yoshing is a classic raw fish dish eaten on the 7th day in, in Southeast Asia. There is naturally a Chinese, a Chinese New, Year's, New Year legend <coughs> associated with its practice. All right, here we go. This little uh, bit's called the Rainy, the Birthday of Men. According to uh, according to an ancient Han Dynasty or Han Dynasty text, the first eight days of the Chinese New Year's of New Year are the birthdays of different creatures. Man's birthday is on the seventh. The seventh day is seventh day is thus known as Renri, or the Day of Mankind. Hey, the wrestler, the day of mankind. <laughs> I made it funny. In the other Chinese New Year legends, the ancient goddess Noah, Noah created different creatures in different days of the New Year. Men, wa, men was said to be the seventh creature created. Jumped forth the modern times, different geographical communities have different ways of celebrating Rinna, Rinra. Although all celebrations involve the consumption of special dishes. In South Asia, for example, Chinese families gather to eat very colorful dish of raw fish sliced tossed with other ten types of seasonings and pickles. In the mainland China, long, 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 ugh, longevity noodles are special 
are special with seven types of ingredients and, and are instead consumed. Whatever the dish, the mood is always that of a symbolic celebration of life. The meal is uh, naturally also always accompanied by wishes for a healthy and prosperous year ahead. Rare of a Hogan talking of a Hogan tone gong altar with two prominent stalks of sugar cane. Hogan's is the uh, Chinese name for uh, Fuji. The character characters referred to the Jade Empire. All right, now we're going to go with the birthday of Tang Gong, the Heavenly Father. The ninth day, the ninth day of Tang Gong, the Heavenly Father. The ninth day of the Chinese New Year is required by some Chinese communities to be the birthday of Tang Gong, otherwise known as the Chad Empire. For the people of these Chinese fusion province, this is an important day of worship and ceremonies. Altars with many offerings to set up set up on the evening of the eighth day. Upon the arrival of the ninth day, around midnight, family members gather to offer offer. Oh, they gather to offer prayers to the heavens. The ritual known as the Baya Tan Gong is considered the first important religious ritual of the new year for the Fujian for Fujian Chinese. Sugar crane and Baitang Gong. Non-cheese observing Baitang Gong will surely notice the unusual Presence of the sugar cane among the uh, among the offerings, among the offerings, unusually because sugar cane is rarely used in other worship in other Chinese worship rituals, it all uh, if it if at all. According to this Chinese New Year legend from the Ming Dynasty era, bandits raided a village in the Fujian province during the New Year period. Fe uh, fearing for their lives, the villagers fled into nearby sugarcane fields and prayed to heaven for, sal for salvation, after which the bandits were unable to locate any of them. On emerging from the sugarcane fields, the villagers realized it was the ninth day of the year, the birth date of Tangong. The practice of offering sugar cane during the Tangong worship rituals thereafter begins. Yeah, thereafter begins. Come on. A practice of worship, Tangong on the ninth day is not just found in uh, Fujian province in South Asia. In South East Asia, 
cities like Paint, uh, Penang and Singapore where there are large groups of Chinese fusion ancestry that practice this common thing today. Chinese red letters, a symbol of the 15th day in Chinese New Year in the general. Okay, here is the origin of Wan Xia Jia. The last, last day, the 15th day of Chinese New Year is known as Yan Xo. In recent times, the festival has begin begin, uh, has been described as the Chinese equivalent of, equivalent of Saint Valentine's Day. This is <coughs> this is due to this is due to couples often venturing out during the festival to enjoy the full moon together. It is also due to Yan Exao Jua must also must also happenings within the middle of February. The representative event of Wang of Yan Exavo, in turn the lightning upon a red lantern, a tradition that led that still is done to this day, being called the Chinese Lantern Festival in the West. As for the many Chinese New Year's legends associated with Wang Exio, one goes that the Jade Empire was furious with a village for killing his uh, sugar crane or sugar canes, which had earlier. F oh, this is about a crane. Never mind. The village. He blamed the village for killing his his favorite crane. You know the bird which had earlier flown down to earth. In fury, he opened his troops to, sent, to set the village ablaze on the 15th day of the New Year's as punishment. Sympathetic with the uh, Hapleys mortals, mortals, the daughter of the Jade Empire then warned the villagers and in, in instructed them to hang large red lanterns, set up bonfires, and release firecrackers on the design day of the uh, festival. Upon seeing the spectators, the heavenly the heavenly troops assumed the village was already ablaze and returned to the Jade to the Jade Empire. Despite knowing the truth, the heavenly ruler decided to forgive the village from the day onwards. From that day onwards, the Chinese celebrated the fifteenth day with symbolic displays of large red lanterns. They sure do like red, and they, you know, like fire. The origin of the name Yan Exo. An alternate Chinese New Year legend goes that during the Han, the Han Dynasty, the famed, famed advisor Dong Feng Shu encountered a weeping, a weeping maid in the Imperial Palace Gardens. When he asked the maid, when he asked the maid, introduce yourself. It, when 
asked, the maid introduced herself as Juan Exio, Exio, and explained that she was swept. She swept as she was unable to see her family again. Moved and determined to help, Dong Feng Sum then set up a fortune-telling stand in the heart of the capital, where Miss Courting, as a doomsday uh, savior, to all he foretold the fury destruction destruction of the capital on the 15th day of the new year. He also spoke on how the 13th day, a female associate of God of Fire would descend to the capital to commence the burning. All, according to him, are doomed and curiously die in a die in a inferno. With Dong Feng Shu's acting skills quite remarkable, the people of the capital readily believed his pony prophecies. His phony prophecies. Soon there was also an alternately convicted of their uh, impending room. Because on the 15th day, a grim fairy in red indeed appeared in the capital. The fairy was, however, no more than Yane Exio in the elaborate make in the elaborate makeup the maid was instructed by dong feng su to put it to go to put a show to go put a show the formality act, actress herself yon exo handed a handed a agreed to the panicked crowds and declared that the capital was marked for a burning. Panicking widely, the message brought the, uh, brought the degree to the empire, who in confusion referred to his favorite advisor. Your majesty, I was told that God of fire adores Tong Wan. Doesn't your mind does doesn't your maid uh, Yan Excel make the loveliest tag one? You should you should instruct her to prepare some. No, let everyone in the capital prepare the young one on the fifteenth day. Let everyone display lanterns and burn firecrackers. The god of fear would be so easy feasting on his favorite snack and he would assume our capital is already on fire we could be separated this quickly the different empire immediately issued the orders thus transforming the capital changi into a side of red on the uh, 15th day yon exoyo's parents attracted by these celebrations Subsequently visited the uh, capital too. Upon seeing lanterns with the da- with the daughter's name on them, they yelled and they yelled and were soon renewed, reunited with their beloved daughter. And when that crafty Dong Feng Shu fulfilled his promise to help, 
In the progress, he also started a Chinese tradition and gave the fifth day of Chinese New Year's Day a name. And it don't say. Well, guys, I am going to take a little break, get me something to drink, and I'll be right back. going to play a little commercial. Well, how's everybody doing today? This is good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash. The most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a stein, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas Trash about? And who is this bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, baby. We gonna get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around. And my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Gooseville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. And we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Kona. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline. Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dicky, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, baby. Because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dined with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit, <coughs> Come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. Okay. Our next story is the woman in red at the Drake Hotel. And I believe this is in, I want to say Chicago. Hope I'm right. Let me just share a bit from the tribe's report on a burglary and murder from the Drake Hotel in 1925. When a group of drunken men in Lone Ranger style masks burst into the place with guns ablazing. Flourished his guns and expressed himself in some choice profanity calculated to impress his victims with the disreliability of the obvious. I love that. Okay, that didn't tell me crap. That was just a little bitty opening. Okay, here we go, guys. The Drake, like any old hotel, has some gruesome stories behind it. 
there was the story of the woman in woman in black who murdered Adele Bourne Williams there in 1944. A bizarre case that was never solved. Leopold and Loeb were integrated there. Their victim's father later died there. A borneris, a born, a boroughness was found dead in the bathtub there in 1962. But the main ghost story about it, the one that everyone in the building seems to know, concerns a woman in red. Thank goodness, not a woman in white. who mainly haunts the 10th floor. According to legend, it's the ghost of a woman who caught her husband cheating at New at a New Year's party in 1920, just after the hotel first opened, and threw herself from the 10th floor window. Yikes. If this suicide truly happened, it does not seem to have made the papers. I've never seen anything to back this up. There was a formal model who jumped from the uh, tenth floor window, but she was an elderly woman. I hate it when they do this, when they put the parentheses in the... Okay, she was an older woman, and it was decades after the hotel opened. But there's a chance that such a suicide would not have been reported in the 1920s. The hotel was presenting itself as the finest in the world and probably would have get would have gone to great lengths to keep such a suicide off the press. Had the woman landed on the sidewalk, there probably would have been no way to stop the story from leaking. However, if she landed on the roof of the uh, setback, they could have possibly had the uh, body removed without any reporters finding out. But some mayhem from the New York from the New Year's party did not make the papers. One woman lost a five thousand dollar necklace during the party. A week before another woman had lost a thousand dollar pearl emerald ring in the washroom. And this is another guy telling this story. This isn't me. My my team my team resent res, my team's recent investigations at the hotel have not yet turned up anyone who knew anyone who had actually seen the woman in red. So where the story came from seems to be like so many ghost stories. Anyone's guess is anyone's guess to this point. There are many other places around the hotel where staff n are known to get spooked, but there, but there are n uh, are not as many specific ghost stories there as I'd frankly expect in such a historic hotel. So the only reason I did this one because they say when they do see the woman in red, it's at midnight on New Year's Day. Well, guys, I'm sorry this one's a little short. Sorry if this one kind of sucked. I just wanted to do something a little different since it's New Year's. But I ain't going to cover them again because they weren't that damn scary. So sorry if I didn't scare you that bad. 
But hey, man, I'm I'm trying, man. But I am ready for the new year. I'm gonna go back to telling some good scary stories and uh, see what we dig up, man. I'm gonna really start digging in deep into like instead of just doing states, doing counties, and see what I come up with there. So, well, thank you guys for listening, man. And if you've been listening to this, you have been listening to ghost stories told from the south. With your creepy, scary host, Stephen LaBooth. <laughs> I hope you guys have a great week. Don't work too hard. And if you go out partying this weekend for New Year's, have a de- designated driver, an Uber, a taxi, something. Don't be drinking and driving, man. But I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Excuse me, my numbers are getting are getting bigger every year, every week. Not huge, but it's growing. I don't mind it growing like if it's gonna grow, grow slow. I don't mind that. I'd much rather have it have it growing slow than nothing happening. But this week, this month though, I got a little low on my hitting my download marker. But that's all right, guys. You guys can do a better be do a better job next year. Getting some more downloads down for me, telling everybody. But I hope you guys enjoy the show wherever you're at. And have a great New Year's. And I hope New Year's next, or I hope this New Year is a lot freaking better for us. But for Stephen LeBooth, this is Ghost Stories from the South signing off. Episode 137. Episode 137. You know what that means? We've got 13 episodes left till it's 150. And that's going to be our freaking anniversary, guys. Three years, man. Three. But love you guys. Be good. Be scary. Have a great New Year's. And uh, we'll see you later, man. Bye.